0: Welcome to the Colorful Clipboard, where we discuss the building blocks of making dough in childcare. I'm Kate. And I'm Carrie. Welcome back to Colorful Clipboard. And Carrie and I are so excited to see you. We are definitely uh, feeling the end of the year crunch. Uh, so, for those of you who have been listening to us since uh, the podcast started back in March, Uh, We are past episode 40, so I think today is episode 41. And we have been uh, enjoying our time with y'all. And we know it's been um, an interesting (laughs) eight months, right, Carrie? Is that how? Yeah,
1: I think (laughs) uh, as far as having things that are topical to talk about, as a, you know, we we haven't really had to worry about running out of things to (laughs) discuss with (laughs) y'all. And today is another one of those, we're going to talk about what's happening in the industry right now uh, as we move into December and the end of the year, what's going on in the industry, what's going on in different parts of the country, what's going
0: on in different parts of Texas, and... uh... And hopefully, help you as a, a director, child care center owner, somebody working with children, kind of help you get ready to look at 2021. Yeah. So, I mean,. I- there are a lot of
1: colleges that always planned to go virtual after Thanksgiving. There are other programs, colleges, ISD's that had not but are now not coming back after
0: Thanksgiving. Okay, so we've got we've 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 got higher education. We've got colleges that did and didn't plan. We have Uh, high schools and school districts across the country that did and didn't plan. So, I mean, so we have two schools of thought, right? We've got the school of thought that already from the beginning thought that Thanksgiving was going to be an uptick.
1: Yeah. And I think what is a difference in the way people were thinking about this, you know, in this at the beginning of the school year and right now is that we're seeing that schools are having to close not because of the number of cases in the children, especially, you know, early childhood and elementary school. There aren't being huge numbers of cases with the kids. But what we're seeing is schools having to close because they don't have staff, because so many staff are out because they have COVID or they've had close exposure to someone with COVID or one teacher went out for Thanksgiving and they went to their normal family Thanksgiving with 25 people and then they found out you know over the weekend that Uncle Fred had COVID and now they have to quarantine but they didn't find out until Tuesday after coming back and then that means they were hanging out with all the other staff, and now all those staff that they hung out with have to be out for two weeks.
0: So so what I wanna just kinda point out to people, and I think Carrie did a great job kinda helping people think through how that might've happened, and so, part of the reason we're we're talking about this today is, even though it's the first of December, you still have some major gathering situations happening between now and, you know, the middle to end of January. Yeah, so... we've
1: got Hanukkah is coming up in like just over a week. Then you've got Christmas, you got New Year's, some people get together for MLK Day events. I mean, you've got, you don't have two weeks of nobody is getting together. You right. just don't have it.
0: So as a child care director, uh, what would be some things that you could share with your staff? How could a director try to help their staff understand the effects that this has? Or are there policies child care centers should be having in place about, you know, what? I mean, that's a lot of sick time to be taking off, vacation days. I mean, I know that people are, are, are taking those when they're having this situation, well, and
1: there's the federal mandate that you have to give people up to 10 days of, of time off, but you don't have to do it 87 times during the COVID. It was that you have to have 10 working days for full-time employees that they can have off. And if they burned through that after spring break, or not spring break, after, you know, something in the fourth fall of July or 4th <laughs> of July, if they already used those two weeks of additional sick leave that was specific to COVID, they don't get another two weeks of additional sick leave from COVID because they decided instead of 4th of July that, you know, well, after 4th of July, I went and hung out and I got two weeks paid to stay home. So, you know, maybe we should have had this conversation before Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, but at least now we can have it before Christmas and New Year, because I think it's really important for the staff to understand the why. So, yes, as, as directors and owners, I I know that we think our staff should know better. You know, they're working with children. They should know they shouldn't be going out to bars. Um, they they should know. Well, they should but be they're not going in out risky
1: to maybe they're not going out to bars, but they're going over to their friend who set up a bar
0: in his apartment. Yes, but the, you know, I'm thinking more of the large quantities of people. So you yeah, know, but there if are you, the, you put know,
1: 15 yeah. people in an apartment with a bar, oh yes, <laughs> I mean yeah, it's well, still yeah. that's way more crowded than even going out in the public bar. But they're thinking, aha, this is safer. This is only going to be 10 people. No party is ever 10 people. People bring, you know, their girlfriends, their boyfriends, their roommate. And so instead of it being 10 people, it's going to be 15 or 20.
0: Yeah, you're speaking either from when you were in college or, you know, because I have very different versions of parties as an adult, but that's a whole different story. Whatever. Um, <laughs> no, I. St- that still happens when I
1: have... A- you know, if I if I say I'm having a party, it's different than I'm I'm inviting a couple friends over.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it also depends on which groups of friends. Right. You have lots of different groups of friends. Anyway, so so as directors and owners, our suggestion is, you know, really take the time with your employees and talk through what options they have. They need to understand, you know, if you have to give every staff person a report so they know how much vacation they've got left, how much sick time they have left, because maybe if they see it in black and white and they see that they have no vacation, they have one sick day. I I think there's a (laughs) lot of people who
1: have burned through all of their PTO
0: Um, and a lot of
1: programs who the only PTO, you know, they're a small program and the only PTO they had was this mandated from the federal government two weeks. I think that's a significant issue. But also there's the knock on effect of if we have to close the school because three of you decided to go out and do whatever and that means that six staff out of our staff of 10 have to quarantine for two weeks so we have to close the school if this is the first time you've had to do that your parents are probably going to stick with you because oh my gosh you stayed open through all of this but from the centers I've been talking to very few of them have been able to avoid having at least a room in lockdown for at least a few days. I mean, everybody, well, I shouldn't say everybody, but most directors I'm talking to, some have had to close their entire programs for three days or two weeks or a week, you know, depending on what the... Health Department has told them, others have just been able to close certain classrooms. But if you've had to do this four times, are your parents even gonna bother staying with you?
0: Right, and we already know that a lot of programs see a a drop in attendance um and people who pull out of the program in the middle of december yeah um you know if you if you haven't already buffered your budgets if you haven't already a if you weren't already out recruiting for january enrollment shame on you that was a few weeks ago you should have listened to that podcast <laughs>
1: so, i think that was but maybe back in october we talked about
0: that <laughs> yeah so if you have not if you didn't you know if you weren't gearing up for January enrollment. Because there's always a dip in December. It is amazing how many parents find that that two weeks that you want them to pay when all of the public schools are closed and some child care centers are actually closed and they get all, but I'm not getting care. Why do I have to pay? And it's because we don't, not everybody calls their tuition an annual tuition and people perceive it as weekly or monthly. And so they think that if you're only open for two weeks, why should they have to pay a whole month? But that's a whole different topic. So I mean, I think going back
1: to the whole, we're not having our most logical conversation, guys, so I apologize. (laughs) But it occurred to me, going back to that conversation we were saying to have with the staff about how much paid time off they have, is also explaining that... Here in Texas, the unemployment board is not taking new applications. I don't know what it's like in your area, but in Texas, they are so overburdened that you can't even make an application for a new unemployment claim.
0: Okay, so let's let's clarify. So for the directors, what this means for your staff is... If you have to lay them
1: off or if they are in quarantine for two weeks, back in March or July, if they were in quarantine for two weeks, they could apply for unemployment and get two weeks of unemployment. Now, if they are in quarantine for two weeks or if you have to lay them off because you're closing the school for two weeks, they cannot get unemployment. So they don't get their paid time off from you and they don't get it from the state. So they are going to have no money. So I think that that is a key part of the conversation (laughs) because, you know, what are the repercussions? If I go to my friend's house party to have some beers and margaritas, I may be effectively without income for from now until the economy rebounds. That's a big that's a big pill to swallow because you want to have margaritas with friends.
0: Yeah, I mean, so there really are, I mean, it's it's take in, you know, think about the precautions, do what you need to do, uh, regardless of where you or your family. I mean, one of the things that's really hard right now is that a lot of people are feeling the peer pressure because they've got family members on both sides of the spectrum. And so regardless of where you personally are, where your staff are, Uh, make sure you understand both sides. In other words, this is not the time or the place to get on a soapbox with your staff, but help them understand I the financial like the aspect soap of this. I like the soapbox. I like the soapbox. But I think everybody's got their own soapbox, no. and so I want you to look at this from a from a purely business and let them be educated from the dollars and cents perspective. Because I think that if more people really understood, more of your employees understood what Thanksgiving could cost them. The the their teach their co-teachers like if that whole if the whole three-year-old classroom has to be closed it probably may not just be them, right? There might be multiple three-year-old teachers who are now unemployed because... They went to the Thanksgiving dinner. And I'm not saying people can't get together for Thanksgiving. I'm saying. Well, I mean, they already have. So what we're looking at is, you know, what's going
1: to happen next week when it's two weeks after Thanksgiving? Exactly. You know. So
0: it's two weeks after Thanksgiving. You're getting ready for Christmas. You've already got people who are, uh, like I said, you're going to have parents, you're going to have staff, you're going to have the staff and parents. Parent, family, like, like all those people have, um, because you're going to have the kids come back and you're going to have, um, you know, people are not staying in their bubble. So no. <laughs> as you start looking through and you're talking to your staff, make sure that they think about the rest of the winter holidays. How are they going to spend their Christmases? How are they going to spend their new year? Um, have people discuss and help each other think through alternative ways to do, bringing in 2021? Um, Can can they do this outside socially distance? And what does that mean? Because again, we hear that term, but not everybody understands what that means. Not everybody understands how important, you know, washing your hands is and how important wearing that mask is, even if you're outside. I mean, you know, there are different components. Yeah. I
1: mean, I did a socially distant camp out, um, and so we put our chairs in the ground and made sure that they were 10 feet apart from people in different pods. And we wore our masks except when we were eating and our tents were about 30 feet apart. And, you know, we cooked separately and stuff like that. I mean, it can be done. You can have a socially distanced New Year's, but you got to you got to really talk through what that means.
0: Right. And I think it's worth, you know, having that uh, having it as a group discussion because somebody may learn something through that discussion. Uh, sharing different ideas. Somebody else may come up with a whole different idea that they hadn't thought of. Um, because again, I heard people talking about, you know, you know, having campfires and stuff like that. But, you know, I've been to a lot of campfires where, especially if it's chilly, we're all kind of huddled around the campfire. So I'm definitely not six feet apart. You know, I, I'm not six feet apart, and so um, it doesn't mean that it can't happen. It doesn't mean you can't have a, a, a s'mores-making New Year's party. Um, it also, you know, think about how long those events need to be. Do they really need to be three and four hours? Can they, can they be an hour? Because that makes a big difference, too, you know, one hour outside socially distance versus four hours because after four hours, everybody's comfortable with each other yep. and you get a little closer and you're no longer thinking about why you're six feet apart um, unless you have somebody who's playing, you know, whistleblower and then that person doesn't have, any, have fun. any fun. Yeah. Another possibility is to
1: have the social gathering sponsored by your center. So these are people who are more or less in a pod together. <laughs> Right. All the toddler teachers are exchanging, you know, airborne particles all the time. Right. And so you can have school sponsored um, gatherings for Christmas and for New Year's or Hanukkah. You know, you can you can step into that role, even though that's not normally the director's role. This year, we have to stand in for the parents, for the family of our employees in some ways. So I think even if you don't usually throw a Christmas party for your staff where you eat the Christmas foods and listen to the Christmas music and whatever, maybe this year you do so that they have that sense of camaraderie and letting their hair down in a way that is safe.
0: What do you but think? But you still need to make sure. Yes, I think that's great. But I think it still comes back to that same, again, make sure that you're following our following all those guidelines, even though you guys are all together. You know, and plus, if you're hosting it or it's being sponsored by your childcare center, you got to think about what you're doing and offering. So maybe Christmas, but don't try to host something New Year's that people might have a, a, a different expectation. Because um, I don't know about y'all, but I mean, I watch people, and they get you know, you know, the social boundaries are you know, one or two glasses of wine, the social boundaries are gone they're louder, they're more flamboyant, you know, more spit comes out. I mean, let's be let's be honest and let's be realistic, right? So there is that Component. Now, granted, six feet apart with a mask on, you may feel like you're having to yell, and there may be. So, you know, again, think through um, what that really looks like. I mean, one of my favorite ways to to help with that six feet are are things like picnics, and everybody has a picnic table, you know, a tablecloth, Mm -hmm. and you put the tablecloths all out six feet apart. I mean, it's, or a blanket. I mean, you know, there are lots of things people can do outside, you know, driveway parties, uh, movie nights where you're showing a movie on a on a garage door, you know, socially distanced picnics um, where everybody gets their own, you know, picnic tablecloth. Yeah. And then that way, you know where your six foot bubble is. Right. So the people who you live with, they're in your little tablecloth and then all the other tablecloths are six feet apart. Um, you know, I mean, there's different ways to do this and I get that not everybody thinks about those. Not everybody feels the need for those. If you're, uh, in childcare and you're currently working every day and you've got 20 people you see every day, that may be fine for you. You may not have the need to see other people regardless of the reason, Um, but that doesn't mean that you don't have family and friends in your circles who aren't in that situation.
1: Well, and I was going to say, just because the staff are feeling like, okay, I've got enough people. I don't need more people. But their significant others may be the ones pressuring them to go to a bigger family event because they aren't having people time. You know, if their spouse has been working from home for the past eight months, they may be like, yeah, I would I would love to go spend some time with, you know, Uncle Fred or Aunt Eunice or whatever. And so they want to go to the event even though your employee is like, that's not a good idea. So if you have that separate social activity, then that might help some with the significant other being like, no, man, I need some people. I have not seen people. I love you, honey, but I need some more people. (laughs) You know, because I think that's definitely happening. I know it definitely, definitely happened at happening. Thanksgiving.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely happening. And, you know, there are ways to, um, you know, when this all started, the, the novel, the novelty of having Zoom parties and stuff like that. Um, and then that kind of, we kind of all got really done with that by October. Like nobody wanted to zoom up, uh, a Halloween party. <laughs> um, so, you know, think about, uh, again, the people in your circle. So again, the people who might be pressuring you, uh, it could be parents, it could be cousins, it could be relatives of some sort, or just friends who you haven't really thought about because you don't see them all the time. And so they may be feeling really left out. So if you were always somebody who hosts some sort of a holiday party, and this year you're not see if there's not a way to come up with an alternative um i have a friend who always does ugly christmas parties and so this year she is going to be hosting an ugly mask party virtually um and so as a result uh my daughter and i are hosting some um make an ugly mask ugly sweater mask parties so it's we aren't gonna actually have the you know, so the idea is that you're going to make your ugly mask together while doing goofy Christmas trivia and listening to Christmas music. And so basically nobody's really gonna be doing anything other than watching the tops of each other's heads <laughs> but and trying to figure out how to make those little pom-poms stay on a mask, but um, so it should be an interesting experience or experiment, um, but we've had a lot of fun doing um, virtual cooking projects together where people learn and do. Uh, there are a lot of people who've done the, the virtual paint parties, so just like you would go out and do a paint and, paint and drink party. Um so those are things that you know something like a virtual paint party could be another great idea I really like uh, that you could do
1: with it. virtual painting parties and I think that that is again something that can get those significant others or the children of your
0: staff who are like no I need people to have some people to interact with but even as like when we were talking about things that you could do with your staff, yeah. so you know that could be another staff. Like you could do a virtual paint party, in the fact that all the staff are still there, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you have a you you have a an artist who you who you stream or you've worked with specifically for your group, and you provide all of the supplies. I mean, you're a child care center. What are the chances you don't have some extra paint and brushes? <laughs> and so you're so you know you go to the Dollar Tree and you buy your one dollar canvases. And voila, you now have your Christmas activity. And I think that as a director, we need to think outside of the box for for our staff. And um, the other thing that um, we are gonna be a part of is, a socially distanced cookie swap. And so it looks like something between a cakewalk (laughs) trick-or-treating because basically everybody makes their Christmas cookies. You put two cookies per Ziploc bag, and then you put your box or tray or whatever, and then they play Christmas music. And when it stops, you grab a bag out of, you know, whatever box you're next to. So Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. It's at a park. So hopefully the weather will, will cooperate and everybody's masked and you're not eating the cookies. So it's not the cookie exchanges I enjoyed where I got to eat them before I actually left the house. But, (laughs) well,
1: I mean, I think all of those are really good ideas. I think the only other thing I really want to make sure that we talk about for the directors that are listening in is how do you keep the parents engaged If you are having to shut down because parents, staff, whoever has had brought an exposure into your center. How are you going to keep those parents engaged? Are you doing virtual learning? Are you doing packets? Yes, I know we had an entire episode about this earlier, but you know, not everybody listens to every episode.
0: Well, but that's a great thing to point out. Is they can go back and listen to those episodes. Um, and get some great tips on how to manage the virtual education. Because we also talked about why, how to get your parents to maybe to continue to pay. Because again, being closed is hard. So, But if you have to close a classroom for a couple of days, if you've created the homework package, you have somebody doing some virtual story times and maybe reading books at nap time and stuff like that to help those parents create some structure at home. Um, again, that's something that a service you're providing to your parents. And so it is an option. So please and communicate. I mean, the best thing you can do with your parents is communicate. So just like we're trying to share with you some of the uh, best practices that we have heard people do related to socially distance, um, holiday conversations, etc. You know, communicate with your parents. Maybe this becomes something that you turn around and write up as uh, something you share with the parents.
1: And, And again, it can also be something that in future years, if you're a program that closes down for two weeks at Christmas or even a week between Christmas and New Year's and you have parents giving you pushback on tuition, if you've done this successfully now, you could successfully do it in the future and have pre-recorded story times, pre-recorded circle times, and homework pack, you know, home activity packets for that week, and then you're going to get less pushback. It's a way to, to practice something that then becomes a positive for your program going forward
0: you know, that reminds me, and we did, again, this is another one of those older episodes. So please go back and listen to the early episodes specifically about, you know, what to do with staff when they want to be off work uh, because of COVID exposures and stuff like that. And so before it was you're closed because of COVID, not necessarily because they were exposed, but you know, this is a great time. If you have people who are Being forced to take time off, not because they're symptomatic, but because they were exposed. Then they can be making up those homework packets. (laughs) And and those videos. I mean, if every one I mean, this is a great thing to think about from a from a director owner standpoint, is every one of your teachers should have 12 story times ready to go. Every one of your teachers should have 12 circle time leading activities ready to go. Because if you could do that, then you're not going to stress out if something happens. And um, and maybe it's not every teacher. It'd be great if it was every teacher, but if maybe a teacher per classroom or per age group, Um, Or just maybe it's the one teacher who, you know, is just in a situation where they can't be in your program, but they're great and you loved their energy. Get them telling story times. I mean, I've got some people in my head that I wish would understand the importance of this and that I wish that they had been doing this since March.
1: I mean, and also not just story times and circle times, but also song times, because we all know 500 early childhood songs And if you if I've got a fussy kid, I can drop down, you know, uh, love is like a magic penny or ducky duddle or, you know, teaching Peace" or baby beluga. I got no problems coming up with things that I can sing. But those parents may be stuck singing the wheels on the bus.
0: 27 times <laughs> so especially if you... considering I have no idea what the first four songs you said were um, <laughs> yeah I'm gonna go with I'm a wheels on the bus parent um now granted by the time I'm a grandparent <laughs> yeah so if you had um those
1: song you know that teacher who knows all the songs Singing some of those songs, that would be a great thing to have for those times when a family is in quarantine um, or when your center is closed down. And actually, I think it would be an excellent opportunity for a fundraiser going forward because it's not that hard to put together an MP3 and
0: sell it. (laughs) Well, the other thing you could do is you could do, um, you know, kind of like a... um, telethon you could do a singathon or you could do a how you know a dollar a song or something like that where every time you have a staff person who sings a new song uh you know it could be a 24 hour fundraiser but that brings me up to one last thing and and today's episode is a little longer than normal but we've talked about all of these different approaches for some gatherings that are socially distanced that might be different than what you've done in the past But also be aware what families and staff in your program might be truly, truly affected this holiday season um, as a result of everything that's gone on the last eight and a half months. And um, perhaps this is a time for uh, angel trees, giving trees. Uh, Maybe it's just reevaluating what you do as far as an end of the year thank you or bonus Yes, you could take that $5 and get them a tumbler with their name on it, but would they do better with a big tub of mashed potatoes or something? I mean, you know, think about how you as, a, as an owner want to be thought of, what you can do for your staff. Um, maybe it's a have a conversation with the staff and maybe you know that there is a family that has um, really suffered because of a job loss or or, per, or or people loss and you want to do something extra special. So keep that in mind. And again, talk to your staff. Absolutely. It is a giving time of year
1: for many, many people. And if everybody puts in $2 and you have 10 staff, then that's $20 that you can um turn around and do something nice for that family. It doesn't have to be a lot. If you've got 10 people giving $2, it becomes a a significant amount for that family.
0: Absolutely. And who right now couldn't use a $20 HEB gift card? Uh, If you're not from Texas, I'm sorry. Um, But (laughs) a, a grocery store gift card. And, um, you know, thank you so much for listening to us. We'd love to hear what was successful in your program, what you guys did. Um, if there's any feedback that you'd like to give us, hello at colorfulclipboard.com. Uh, don't forget, you can always buy us a cup of coffee. We hope to see you next time. Thanks a lot.
1: Thank you for listening to Colorful Clipboards. Connect with us on social media at Colorful
0: Clipboard or send us an email to hello at Colorful Clipboards. Send us your voicemail with your own questions and stories. If you want to keep learning with us, visit Texas Director, where we continue to have seminars, licensing programs, and more. This show has been made by me, Carrie Casey,
1: and Kate Young with assistance from Hallie Casey and Marie Young. If you learned something today, share the show.